Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Demon City Shinjuku, also known as Hell City Shinjuku, also known as Monster City. And we're watching it with our special guest, Grant from Blade Licking Thieves. Oh yeah, this episode has got everything from the 80s that you could ever want, including the most epic 80s jam music of all time, The Synthesizer. Huh, let's get into it. All right, and we are here this week with a special guest. Uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hey, folks, I'm Grant. Uh, you probably know me as uh, that annoying guy on Twitter, but uh, I am also uh, the uh, One Piece guy for ANN. Uh, I do some other writing and stuff over there. Uh, I am a co-host on the Blade Licking Thieves and on uh, Super Senpai Podcast, uh, so multiple mm. podcasts. I'm one of those guys, and uh, I'm also at Twitter as well at grant the thief if you want just plenty of horrible tweets in your feed you can just come on down anytime <laughs> uh i also yeah. write for yadatachi and, and i write for zimmerit and some other places sometimes um so i get around <laughs> oh that's awesome man yeah. well um i i was a big fan uh the the one of the reasons we reached out is i i'm a big fan of blade licking thieves oh wonderful um i it's, it's been my uh run podcast for about a month now <laughs> Um, so I, I was like, I was like, oh man, this one's great. Um, I, I really, I really like just the, the unabashed love of very random things from Japan. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, uh, it's, that's one of my favorite things. Ironically, uh, I think I'm probably most known for One Piece now, uh, which as you've probably heard on the podcast, uh, I have gone on record years ago as saying I would never get into because it was too long and I thought the art was weird (laughs) and then... You know, time makes fools of us all, and here I am uh, with my my big red clown nose glowing because I'm probably most known for doing uh, manga breakdowns on Twitter uh, and analyzing panels and, and trying to talk about just sort of the language of comics. And even though I have literally no qualifications to do so, people seem to like <laughs> when I talk like that about uh, about media in general. But that's really just how we talk about things on Blade Licking Thieves and. Um, you know the whole. I guess the whole blade leaking things thing is. You know we're slightly older fans. We're not quite of the. the we're not the ancient elder generation, right? Like we weren't there in the tape trading networks and the, we watch Astro Boy and nothing else. <laughs> you know, we weren't there for all that, you know. But we we are a slightly older demographic, and and especially the cohort we were in. Um, liking not just anime but you liked kaiju films and and martial arts films and all this stuff that was Blake is a huge kaiju just like a Japanese enthusiast more than an anime enthusiast right yeah anime films kaiju films wuxia films like just anything we could get our hands on and it really felt like um, a lot of that stuff was just sort of bubbling up to be relatively easier access you didn't have to know a secret handshake you didn't have to be part of some international tape trading syndicate like it was stuff that poorly <laughs> dubbed or not you know you could get a hold of it on you know it could come on on the afternoons on saturdays or whatever and i just it was just something that we watched and it was so different and exciting uh so blade looking thieves we try to represent i guess that the fact that you know it wasn't just anime you'd get together and you'd watch ninja scroll and then you'd watch five deadly venoms and then you'd play some video games and eat some pizza or what you know you'd, you'd round out the <laughs> night with some samurai showdown 2 on your super nintendo it was just <laughs> this was all in the space at the same time um in part because there just wasn't as much right there wasn't as much mm-hmm. of any of it now you can 
you could not watch all the anime. You could try and you couldn't do it. Uh, I know, man. It's so much. Every season is just like a, it's like an yeah, assault. It truly um, is. I I still remember though when you know in a, a super antiquated sentence I'm about to say when I was wandering down the aisles of Blockbuster <laughs> right. and would see these uh, these different uh, these different Blockbuster videos. I, I still remember the first time uh, my dad wasn't paying attention and I was able to slip uh, Vampire Hunter D inside of there, and then I got home and I was just like oh man there's like a lot of (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was another thing too i think specifically that anime could get away with because like you know it's weird i mean with kaiju films uh, certainly my parents were like ah it's just godzilla whatever they had no concept of it it's just big monster (laughs) stuff uh and it's okay everybody's just being murdered in this one city and how do they keep on building all those buildings back so <laughs> only fast? Only made of cardboard. It's not hard, right? Uh, <laughs> the Japanese are very intuitive. <laughs> um, and the, you know, with martial arts films, I mean, it was kind of like regular American action films in the sense that they were probably glad I was watching them because that would make like a man out of me or something, right? Like, yeah, you know, some some real <laughs> testosterone. Put some hair on your chest. See a guy break some other guy's head off or something. But anime was cartoons, so it was okay, right? That was the that was mm-hmm. the sort of bird's eye view they had on anime, uh, and I saw some stuff. I certainly did. <laughs> well, that's saw, the anime outsider, the person who's never really watched anime and who doesn't really know anything about it is either like, it is cartoons, so it mm-hmm. is for young children, and all of it is for young children. <laughs> Correct. Or they're like, well, it's porn. Right. Only. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's either Pokemon or La Blue Girl. No, yeah. There is no in between. There's just it's only those two states. Uh-huh. Schrodinger's cartoon, if you will. <laughs> yeah, the exact yeah. You know, like if you know if you don't open the box, there may or may not be tentacles like attacking somebody inside. So of I it. I wanted to go back to One Piece because sure. I know I'm I'm very very early in the series. Uh, if you mm. have not listened to our episodes, you may not know I am the kind of person who consumes media at a snail's pace because I mm. really like to drag things out and savor it and sure. savor a lot of things at once instead of binging one thing. Spencer mm-hmm. is the opposite. He he tends <laughs> yeah. to like to binge things. So for me, I, I really related to what you said. Uh, I used to subscribe when Shonen Jump had a print magazine to, to the print magazine and mm-hmm. um, you know, one piece was one of those things in there. And I, I also am famously known for be being compelled to do things in a chronological order. Mm-hmm. And so with the Shonen Jump magazine, I had to read it back to front or front to back. Uh, and there was no option. So wherever one piece was, I had to read it in that order. And I did not care for it. I, it just mm-hmm. didn't click for me. And I, I also thought like the art is too cartoony for my tastes. The story is not doing it for me. And then about a year ago, I was like, well, let's give us another go and see if I have changed and I have a different opinion. And I do. And I really like it now. Uh, and I'm I'm only in the uh, Arlong part of the story, so okay. still very, very, very early. But I like it now. But I really resonated when you said that. Now, Spencer has uh, recently, <laughs> if not, I don't know if you're still doing it right now or if you're on a hiatus, but he has uh, oh, relatively publicly, at least as far as our show goes, been doing a read of One Piece from the beginning. Okay. Uh, and okay, so here's the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I need a manga that's going to go forever because I'm like, I have a very young new daughter, and uh, she naps, and I have to stay in there mm-hmm. with her, or like you know, she will be asleep on me or something. <laughs> and so I'm like, I need something to read, so I am going to pick up One Piece because it's going to take me yeah. forever. <laughs> 
And then like two months later, I was like, I'm like 700 chapters in. <laughs> and I was like, this is a problem because I'm like about to finish this. And also, I don't know if I completely enjoy what I'm doing right now. <laughs> But, like, at the same time, One Piece has this amazing ability to just, like, uh, right when you're getting out of a, uh, of a of an arc, it gives you those, like, two chapters in between that are just, like, tantalizing world right, building. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in a new arc without realizing it. And you're like, damn it, now I have to finish this one. <laughs> so it's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, One Piece is... I, 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 I totally agree. Um, I, I think the thing that probably struck a chord with a lot of people and also just because I also tend to go rather slow, especially if I'm talking about something and I made it like I'm talking about one, eventually two chapters a day, only on weekdays. It took me two and a half years to read it, but I did it publicly and it was a very slow methodical process because I I mean even only two tweets a chapter, doing the breakdowns, trying to have something meaningful to say about it. I'm not trying to pull it out of thin air, but, you know, really engage with the text. You know, it takes time and that mm-hmm. takes energy. And I think um, what resonated for a lot of people was that the typical approach is the binge, right? You just go, I got nothing else to do. I'm just going to try to tackle this whole thing. And you just dive right in and try it. <laughs> You're just shoveling it in, right? Like Goku eating. Um, but yeah. really taking your time to appreciate it. Uh, you could have said Luffy eating. I could too. have. What are you missing? I mean, how did you miss that? <laughs> but Luffy, I don't know if he does. He really speed eat. He eats a lot, but I don't know if he really is a speed eater. Oh my the- god the the number of times that I've been reading One Piece and they have just made the obvious reference to Luffy being like eating so much that he turns into basically a balloon and then in the next <laughs> in the next panel he's completely normal again and in one of the recent chapters that I read somebody was just like how does your digestive system work it makes me think of an Adventure Time when Jake and Finn do that and Jake just grows to fit it and then like resorbs it and Finn just like looks down at his fat stomach and is like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 really great though and i i mean oda is you know sometimes things are popular because they're really good and i know that's hard to say sometimes because if it's really popular and it's really long you're like i don't want to have to do all this like if because if it's good like the, the it would be easier if it was bad right it'd be easier if yeah, it was like yeah look this is just garbage i'm not going to read it but it's good from chapter one and it stays good the entire time. I mean, it's like even at its worst, it's still against the odds. Yeah, it's just it's mm-hmm. good the whole time. And Oda's, un- I think, particularly his unique ability to set up really long payoffs. Like he literally will just yeah. be like, "All right, I'm going to let this simmer for about six years, yeah. and then I'm going <laughs> to get George R. R. Martin. Of- he's like a he's like the, the George R. R. Martin of Claremont, of anime. Even though Claremont's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like the X Men mm-hmm. setups, yeah. man. Oh man! But it's it's really oh, great, but... and his 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 character writing, his character designs, and I've also really come to appreciate the art from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. and just from a, like a relief standpoint. Like I don't know, like it, you know, you get to a place where a lot of designs start to look very similar, but nobody's work looks like Oda's, and I think a lot of people would say that's a you know because they don't like it or whatever because they all look like Muppets. But I think it's really advantageous that his work is so distinct; it is so yeah, clearly yeah. his style. Um, yeah. I- 
I would say that I think that I think the thing that uh, we're going to we're going to be getting to what we're going to be covering, by the way, like we're not contrary to what's happening right now. We're not covering one piece in this. Um, but like uh, I will say, I, I think the thing that gives so much credence to the longevity of this is how completely committed he is on drawing a bunch of different characters all of them look like they might be plot relevant. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, a lot of them are. Right. And uh, that's that's one of those things when you're doing world building that if you get that really right, then it makes it to where everybody has to read every single speech bubble and not just skip through pages to fights. And you can do that with One Piece, but you're going to miss a lot. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. But that's ironically that's the thing that I'm most well known for and now I, you know, I write do the one piece reviews on ANN, but it's really not where I started in fandom, you know, necessarily uh, and it's not what I expected, but I'm glad for it because I think a lot of people uh, resonate with that approach and that's just how I I don't think I have any unique insight. It's really just kind of basic literary analysis type stuff and and trying to talk yeah. about the visual and cinematic language. I think um, that's just what we it's what we try to do at Bladely Confused all the time is just try to analyze everything from not just plot not just yeah. you know is it you know is the acting good or what have you but try to really talk about the, the cinematic language of what you're viewing because it's a visual medium and I don't think it's a you know uh, necessarily like that my analysis is really high fidelity but just that people don't especially in these really public like Twitter social media spaces they don't often see that style of approach and they don't realize how much fun it can be and how like enriching of an experience it can be, especially when you've got to work like say one piece that can like really resonate with that level of, and like you can just really get in and analyze it beyond just, Oh, the plot is good or, you know, or, or, Oh, the characters are well-written like that kind of surface level or, Oh, who's more powerful. Who's going to win in a fight or top 10 fight scenes like that kind of stuff that is fine, but you can find that anywhere, but like really get in and engage with the work and it'll reward you. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, crazy cinema, though, um, let's uh, so let's go into this gem from the '80s that we got we got brought uh, straight from Grant. Um, so he threw over. Uh, I asked, uh, you know, we're looking around for different movies. We always throw it out to the guest uh, that's going to be on. Uh, what movie that would they like to do a breakdown of? Um, and so everybody watches it together, and then we uh, go on about the entire movie to try to do a synopsis of it. Um, and he suggested Demon City Shinjuku, yeah. a movie I had never heard of before. Yeah, same. And I don't think, yeah. And we were like, where can we watch this? And you were like, Retro Crush. And I was like, Retro Crush, let me look this up. And then I was like, oh my God, there's so many things you can watch on here. And then Blake and I were both just like, oh my God, what what's the, Metabots is on here. <laughs> Holy crap, we need to watch Metabots. <laughs> yeah, Retro Crush is a relatively recent streaming site. It's got a lot of kind of anime classics and um if, yeah. if you're gonna let me pick I, my, my my tendency is gonna go back to my roots because um i guess to get into the sort of personal background for this one this is a particularly unique one for me and one that i have not yet to talk about on a podcast so um i guess for my Ooh, own back, <laughs> back in those <laughs> those ancient halcyon days of the early 90s right i mean i i cut my teeth watching Stuff like Voltron and, and, you know, G-Force or Battle for the Planets or Speed Racer and, you know, enjoying all those things, but not really knowing. You gotta go, Speed Racer, go. Yeah, not really knowing they were (laughs) anime. Like, I didn't, like, go, ah, yes, of course, this is the cultural product of uh, another nation somewhere across the world. Like, I had no idea. It was just 
more cartoons that I watched. Well, I mean, especially I back tell. then when they would do like, oh, this rice ball is actually a jelly donut. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> or the classic. <laughs> uh, donut, what, <laughs> what's the Astro City classic with the guy reading the newspaper and threatening Japanese? It's like these are moon runes or whatever. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> just... I saw the other day a thing where they I had never seen it before, but um, uh, it's like it's like uh, they're running in the rain and Brock is just like he puts a pan over his head and says something. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot remember. The, I have to look this up now. Um, I, I turned my frying pan into a drying pan. Yes, <laughs> frying pan into a drying pan. And I was just like, that is quality, quality wow. stuff for kids. That, that is quality stuff. <laughs> why they stuff. get paid the big bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so, but, you know, I grew up watching a lot of things that I didn't know were anime. Um, but then uh, late one night while staying over at my dad's house, I caught, uh, I, was, I should not have been up, but I was up, but I caught part of this thing with this guy and he had a black hat and he had a cool sword and there was all this violence and I was like what is going on this is a cartoon what am I watching and I was just like compelled to know more I only saw a little bit of it but then I like you know I had to go to bed and then I raced off the next day to find the newspaper and and look up you know checking the tv guide I was like cross-referencing okay what time was I up what was playing come to find out it was vampire hunter d uh, and oh, and yeah. uh, that was Your my hours first long exposure. search at the library versus today's <laughs> quick gook. <laughs> yeah, I could, could just find a search bar. I had to had to do the Gandalf at uh, minus Tirith looking through the scrolls, right? Um, so all I could think that all I could think of great. when you were saying that. Yeah. <laughs> All I could think of when you said that is uh, I still remember as a kid when I couldn't find anything from the night before. And so I'd have to m- go over to the the uh, the TV guide channel <laughs> and then wait for it to scroll through yeah. there to be like, what is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? OK, cool. And then go back to it. There was a hunt. And I think I think that's one thing that I would say that like I don't begrudge. I don't begrudge modern fandom at all. I'm so glad they can just see whatever, whenever. I think that's just terrific. I really do. I'm glad we won that war for access. But I will tell you, there's a certain appreciation you get when you have to, like, physically or, like, mentally, like, hunt or, like, I mean, literally kind of hit the pavement and, like, search across town to find these rumored anime places and stuff. Because once you get it, it's like the holy grail, right? It's There's, yeah. a, there's a different appreciation there, I guess. I think um, the, the change it, is that in the past, it was like you were hunting for something that was relatively obscure mm-hmm. it's no longer obscure in the same way and you now have tools to hunt so much more easily and the hunt mm-hmm. has turned into hunting for the people who share your taste yes and, and the, the, the sifting yeah 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 the sifting through a, the it's like there's yeah. it's like it's as opposed to a needle in a haystack it's a needle in a stack of needles there's just right uh there's thousands of shows what do i spend my time on yeah <laughs> This is a a very this is a very dangerous place to be. (laughs) Look at all these needles in here. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll stick my hand in and search. Um, So, but Demon City Shinjuku. uh, So, I guess after seeing that bit of of Vampire Hunter D and and finding out what it was, and then realizing there was something called Saturday Anime on Sci Fi Channel, and that's when you kind of cut the brakes, and I was I was all in. uh, Watching Saturday Anime religiously, taping every single one you know, watching Apollo smile and all that kind of stuff, you know, and then searching out, going to Blockbuster and realizing there was an anime section and checking for those things, renting Ghost in the Shell because it had boobs on the cover and all that yeah, kind of that's stuff. that's what you're doing for. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the major's right there. Uh, but the that was definitely one that I, it, for those who don't know, at a Blockbuster, there would be the display cardboard case and the actual rental copies behind were all the generic Blockbuster boxes. There was definitely times when you grab the box behind the, 
the cover tape and you did not let your parents see where it had come from. It was just, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. it's just this thing called Ghost. It's about ghosts or yeah. something, right? The title um, is they're in a show, but you yeah. might recognize the pictures. <laughs> exactly. No no photo evidence. Yeah. Um, but Demon City Shinjuku was the first anime that I saw on Saturday Anime. So it was probably the first like full-length anime thing that I saw that I knew was anime and knew was different mm. and really, like like impacted how I viewed what anime was for a very, very long time and still kind of to this day, right? It's just like, it's this thing. Um, and of course it's connected to Vampire Hunter D in some ways we can discuss. But for me, this was like the first real entry. I mean, I, I saw Vampire Hunter D, not, not full, not all of it, but like this was the first one. I was like, okay, I'm ready to anime. Where do I anime? And Demon City Shinjuku was it. Yeah. Man, uh, so it looks like it looks like this was originally written as a novel um, in 1982. Um, the the English publisher though is called Digital Manga Publishing, so I'm I'm wondering if they just called it a novel. Um, but anyways, um, then well, the movie itself. Yeah, it sounds like it was a novel that was adapted, and then that adaptation movie came out in '88, and then the English adaptation came out in '94. Because that was back when you could turn it around at your own damn pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, it, it, it looks like it looks like the original uh, setup for this. Uh, I, I am looking right now at the the cover art for the novel, and it just looks like insanity. Um, it's just like <laughs> a, a person's face, which I am uh, assuming is our villain inside of this movie, um, with like <laughs> crazily scrawled words on the front of it, um, and it's also. Uh, it, it was also um, when it, when I was looking it up originally, I could find it on a couple of different horror places, and I was just like, okay, so it's definitely going to be scary. And then when I started watching it, I was like, not only is it not scary, <laughs> but it is like the it 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 feels it feels so tame in comparison to like what is considered horror anime now that I I really wanted to oh, like sure. throw that over to you, where it's just like. Vampire Hunter D, I think you can still put out there is like it's it's horror light, but it's way more like a gore film. Um, it's like it's it's like battle gore, whereas this one is just like you know a little bit bloody at the start, and then like all of a sudden they're There's just some like scary character design. Yeah, and then they're also gonna just murder animals just out of nowhere, and it's just so frustrating. A lot of, a lot of animals getting killed. In oh this my god, one. that um. cat moment! Oh my god, that cat moment! <laughs> Um, well, yeah. so here's the thing. The, the, the original novel is by Hideki Kikuchi, who has done a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, like things like Wicked City, Vampire Hunter D, right? He's done a lot of those levels. And then the, the top layer here is that our director is none other than Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who is the sort of bubble era 90s cool guy who had also done the Wicked City adaptation. He's done Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. So this is... I don't know when, I don't remember when his Vampire Hunter D adaptation is, but, uh, when is it? I, help me out here. Uh, uh he did Bloodlust, it internet. looks like, um, in 2000. Yeah, he did Bloodlust. The one I, the Blood one that Lust. really stuck out to me as the craziest one, and we've also covered it before, was Ninja Scroll. And as soon as, Ninja Scroll, as soon as I yes. saw that he had also done Ninja Scroll, I was just like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. What's really important about this is like, you're like, oh, it's like a horror guy doing this but then when you see Yoshiaki Kawajiri is on it you can understand uh, the flavor of this which is cool swords and cool combat oh, and yeah. that sort of thing it's very much yeah. in that oove and this is I shonen think, uh, yeah I, I think very much what this is 
this is very like a this is a Kawajiri joint to a T, uh, <laughs> just because it is so very much what that early, um, uh, that early push I guess in the late 80s and early 90s when anime was bubbling up and the very much the you know anime's not kids stuff it was you know ninja scroll being really the kind of the tip of the spear right it's the hyper violence and it's the, the sexuality and it's the explosions and the sword play and it's like this isn't your Hanna Barbera stuff like it's very much that right like that is for a, a long solid time, announcer voice by the way <laughs> thank you I appreciate that uh very much like it, even though of course there's a whole, you know there's it's a it's a whole medium there's a whole range of things that anime has always been and is now and always will be right but because of the the limited stigma that it has here in the US particularly is like here's what cartoons can be and was that much more pronounced back then the fact that anime was doing this sort of stuff was very much and they were pushing for that you know they were selling it to folks like myself or people in their early teens like well this has curse words and blood you know like that thing uh, so this is very much i think exemplifying that and in, in that it's just you know, as we'll get into it it's very much just like a movie that is full of a lot of cool stuff and look at that dog body whoa you know yeah. that kind of stuff it's, it is also i think very exemplified of the time and you know oh, there yeah. are definitely people who would argue that there's a new version of this exemplified in our current time even with like you know big hits like one piece or my hero academia or something like Mm -hmm. that but there's a certain juvenile quality to the like super hardcore stuff like Mm -hmm. the violence is just like a little too extreme and they say fuck like a little too frequently (laughs) it's got that uh, this thing that i I I like to call the playwriting 101 thing where you're like, this is the person who is writing their first script and is like, the way to be taken seriously is to be edgy. Yeah, right. And so they just use <laughs> fuck way too much. And, you know, they put in some shit about rape and they're just like, there are no consequences to what I write. Yeah. And they're always, <laughs> always improving a gun into the scene when it is not supposed to be there. <laughs> He told me that he has a gun in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, this is very much adult content. Damn it, but it Michael is not Scar. like actually adult or mature, right? It's that, that yeah. distinction, right? Uh, and it's 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 the kind of stuff for when you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to start wearing a black trench coat now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like it's, it's I'm going to shop exclusively at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, right, and it's but um, I, I also think it's kind of it, at the same time. At the same time, part of what's resonating is there is an inherent quality to the work. It is not, you know, yeah. amateur. It, it is it is quite amateur, but it is not amateurishly produced it's or like directed. It's juvenile, but not amateur. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's like our show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going for. It. But like that overlap, especially like again, thinking about this, I'm, I'm probably watching this in 1993 or 1994. Most of my v- cartoon diet is. G.I. Joe and Transformers like this is the the system shock that this is we all remember the first time we see anime right because even today even today with with your Steven Universes and your Adventure Times and your your, your regular shows your cartoons that that definitely skirt the line between what used to be acceptable and and the new wave and what is or isn't or OKKO and all that kind of stuff there's still something about that you see it you know like the detail here mm-hmm. and the visual language and yeah. the cinematography like you can tell even as a kid like you can just tell like I'm watching something really different and where people were taking this seriously and maybe they shouldn't because it's ridiculous at times yeah. but people really took it seriously when they made this 
and that strikes a chord with me yeah. and like that sticks with you. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it's also true of, you know, Ninja Scroll where it's like Ninja Scrolls beautiful mm-hmm. and it's very like high school in some of its storytelling choices, but it's also pretty cool. Mi- and I think this is kind of in that same space where it's like, there's a high quality animation going on. There's it, it is sincere in a way that you can believe in, but it's also like goofy. And there's some stuff where you're like, okay, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you can tell, I think you can tell that the, like, unlike a, a, a film that's really, I don't know, like a, for me, Ninja Scroll was one of those things that like Ninja Scroll and Akira, at least and, uh, this is another thing too. Your little fandom bubbles were much more uh, insular, I guess, or at least they, they were more, uh, you, you couldn't expand them even if you wanted to. There's certainly still insular fan communities, but like you couldn't have expanded even if you wanted to sometimes. You just didn't know who knew about anything, and it was all like secondhand tapes and what have we got, and hey, my older brother's got this in the closet. You know, we're just like piecing together this knowledge, oh, yeah, man. not knowing what's out there. Uh, but Ninja Scroll was definitely one of those that was like, you got to see this. And it was, yeah. you pop it in, you got some, some pizza and Pepsi and Doritos. Yeah. And the first time. <laughs> That dude's head hits the the forest floor, and the rain of his own blood covers his head. You're like, whoa! <laughs> like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna throw this it out is there. not Bugs Bunny. When I was exactly <laughs> when I was watching as like a kid, the bootlegs that I was watching with my friend that got me super into anime were uh, a little bit different. Yeah, like yeah, I was watching those ones out of Blockbuster, but I was also watching the bootlegs of Ronin Warriors. And man, yeah. if you guys were sleeping on Ronin Warriors, you got to get up on that shiz. <laughs> because like if you thought Power Rangers was good, give them samurai armor and it's like it's just great. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, this one uh this definitely is uh, one of those early ones for myself that was that was very formative and one that I watched my of course edited for television, uh edited for daytime television uh VHS uh-huh. copy of over and over and over mm. again not because and a, a part of that is not even because necessarily because i thought it was the greatest thing ever it was just one of the anime that i had and i liked some of the parts of it so i would just have it on all the time mm-hmm. i just and i would look yeah. up and watch my favorite parts and go right back to doing well, something else <laughs> that was such a that was such a thing i i think in all of our childhoods that i'm not sure is necessarily true now i know young kids are very much like, this is the thing I like, and we will watch it until you have died from it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think, you know, there's a good chance that as you get older, like, the the options and the accessibility, you're just finding new stuff. But, like, when we were kids, it was like, we had this stuff that's on VHS, and we would just watch it over and over and over again. And, you know, that was just, it was a question of what you could get your hands on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it wasn't, necessarily because it was your favorite although you know you have it so maybe you have it because of that but it was like this is what i can reach out and grab so i'm going to turn it on because it's here and i like it yeah (laughs) yeah okay well that all being said let's go ahead and jump into this incredibly random movie um okay so it's gonna (laughs) the start is crazy that's what i was gonna get into first they they start out with like a a two final bosses fighting against each other on the top of a building one of them one of them is roy batty from blade runner (laughs) he definitely is (laughs) i was like that's just the blade runner guy that's just who that is (laughs) also i love that one of one of the the super evil guys is just like hello i'm rebby (laughs) rye 
<laughs> oh yeah so before we get too deep did you watch this in the dub or the sub well you know that's the thing i have seen this a thousand times dubbed the old dub i don't know if this is a new one or not that's on uh retro crush but mm-hmm. i watched the sub for this one because i don't know if i've ever seen the sub I of demon city sub. shinjuku yeah. so i watched the sub because uh, i wanted to see and that's the interesting thing we talk about this on blt quite a bit too that sometimes the older dubs were kind of the special sauce i think um like i think uh the old dubs for stuff like dominion tank police and and uh 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 Boy, my brain just completely re- rebooted there. Um, <laughs> things other like, good uh, anime, <laughs> yeah, just other other older anime and things like that. It, 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 or Go Go Thirteen. That's what I was trying oh, to say. Okay. Um, that sometimes that because it's so wonky and weird, and there's goofy voices, and they clearly were just like, let's just do whatever and see what happens. And there's such varied quality. Uh, it ends up kind of making the material a little bit more fun yeah. than if it's serious. See Kuwabara. Like this, this, <laughs> this sub is very, very serious, and it's very you know well done technically, but it does kind of give everything sort of a muted feel, and the material isn't so exceptional that it can really... I don't really feel like it benefits from having such a serious sub, like a serious <laughs> voice cast. I kind of like the ridiculous... Like, I watched a few minutes of the dub again, I was like, oh my god, this is so much yeah, fun. Yeah, there's very much a... Uh, an equality that has fallen away in the last like 10 years or so where we've shifted to like, let's try to be as accurate as possible and take this as seriously as the source material is taking itself. But like before that people were like, yeah, there's like boobs and violence, but it's still cartoons. Like these have to be cartoon people voices. (laughs) Right. And And that is true. That's the thing. Like I I certainly want the material to be taken seriously. I don't want everything to be a joke. Like I I feel like a lot of, like martial arts films and wuxia and stuff, I think we're still dealing with the stigma of bad dubbing and things like that in that mm. space, and that's why there maybe isn't as much attention or money behind all that. But that being said, I do think it's fine to have fun with a dub every now and then. I don't think it's such a sin, and I think some material is just mediocre, and a bad dub can kind of make it more fun and more snazzy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this, this dub material might fall in that space. Yeah, so we're going to have two people fighting on a rooftop. One of them has a wooden sword. The other mm-hmm. one has a badass Excalibur sword with, like, oh, a demon eye that shoots, like, blade lasers out of it. <laughs> <laughs> They're called blazers? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, I just like flashback hardcore to dodgeball just then. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I think this is to me like one of the most, like, you know, Kawajiri is definitely known for uh, his certain, uh, the tone of his work, which is very action forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the stylistic choice of having like the slashes towards the, bl- like the black screen with the slashes on it oh, yeah. instead of action. Like that's a definitely a, a, one of his flourishes. But like, like uh, Kawajiri's the kind of guy that's like Highlander is art yeah i'm just gonna do highlander and like this is very much just like this is a cool highlander thing right you got these two like immortal dudes with wicked weird swords just shooting energy blasts at each other in on the top of these rooftops and it's like this is kawajiri in his element i mean he later goes on to do a highlander adaptation at one point which oddly enough doesn't fit as well as this does i don't think um this is really this is really great you're like yeah kawajiri should definitely be given highlander because this is what it this is what i thought i was watching as a kid yeah well he's uh the the battle is going to go back and forth this is one of those one of those things where i i definitely would suggest if if you haven't seen this movie before and you're listening to this like you should you should go watch this if you if only you're just watching like the kai version of it where you're just going through 
to the cool fights because this mm-hmm. fight is actually pretty sick and it has oh, yeah. it has some um, amazing moments where people's uh the 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 hero looking character who's trying to stop this guy who's you know clearly evil um you know anybody the hero really- looking character looks like a 40 year old man from a 1970s film but he is the hero clearly <laughs> Because yeah, it's not Roy Batty. Genichiro and Rebi Ra. Yeah. Rebi Ra is much more fun to say. Uh-huh. Genichiro is very much just sort of, yeah. well, there he is, I guess. Yeah. He gets his. <laughs> There's he him. He gets one of his arms blasted off and then one of his legs blasted off and then stabs super hard to where he's going to die. Um, but not before blasting a giant hole in, um, in Rebi Ra. And. Then Remy Raj just like, oh, didn't do anything and just like reforms. And I was just like, I was like, you ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck you. And then then he causes, you know, what looks like a world ending earthquake. And he's just like, I'm coming back in 10 years. And I was just like, you didn't just destroy the world because it looks like you just destroyed the world. I almost thought that he was pulling up like the city a la Avengers Age of Ultron. Like, (laughs) I'm just going to take this with me and then we'll see what we do with it. Yeah, I'll see you in 10 years because I I need somebody (laughs) to be able to come back and defeat me. Um, I need a specific person that I'm not going to describe to you and it's going to take 10 years for no reason other than because. like, Like when he said I'll be back in 10 years, I was just like, why like (laughs) (laughs) for what purpose isn't the big giant portal open above you (laughs) well when the planets align that's when you can break the titans out of their prison okay well the whole thing yeah (laughs) anyways we're gonna flash forward to the future um in 10 years in the future um (laughs) so in the future um there is a president he's the world president his name is kazumi and he is uh He's done everything Twitch? right, you guys, including flying around in a fucking shuttle. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't go around in planes. I like do suborbital yeah, flight when I'm going someplace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if I was the president of the world, <laughs> I would definitely be like, I need space shuttle one. I don't want a helicopter. I don't want a seven forty seven. Y'all gotta get me the Challenger. Like, I want. <laughs> Like I want to be flying around in a spaceship. Yeah, can I point out as well though? We're gonna we're gonna quit a, a quick aside to a random guy that we we obviously know is the main character of the story from oh, the way yeah. he looks, and also he, um, well, he's an '80s main character, so he looks pretty normal, but like normal plus. Yeah, this is like modern. He's also he has, like, he has the sheen of, of a protagonist, right? He's yeah. Little, like you could just tell. Yeah, he's also going to throw around, you know, 80s sexism where he just slaps a woman on the ass oh, yeah. for no reason. This movie is 80s in good ways and bad ways. Yeah. So you have to prepare yourself for that if you're going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, there is uh, sexism uh, and there are caricatures of races. Kawajiri has also done Wicked City and Ninja Scroll. It is tamed by those standards, but it is certainly not. It's certainly made in 1988. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. So this is the world president. And nobody is protecting the world president from terrible monster flowers that are going to attack him. And by the way, (laughs) they're going to see this on TV and then they're just going to smash cut away from this and not tell you what just happened to him. And I was just like, yeah, I didn't know what happened to him until I read the Wikipedia article. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Why are we in a dojo? Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
But again, see, this this is the Kawajiri mindset is wouldn't it be totally sick to see a dude get eaten by roses? <laughs> Does it really actually matter what happened? Like, who cares? Let's go watch some people fight with swords and like hover in the air yeah. or something. Like, it's just like it needs to be radical, man. Like, yeah, you can't just like do boring stuff. Like, what actually happened to that character? Like, who cares? like the news, Violence. the newscaster is just <laughs> secretly um, saying "rose whip" under his breath. Rose has its own. Um we're we're gonna meet uh our, our main character. Um he he is uh he is he is so 80s. Um he's even gonna do a thing where he's like he's using the force with a sword and he's gonna just destroy some cans because that's how you train. Um and also speaking of the force a Yoda factotum is going to show up. <laughs> yeah, this is very Star Wars, the original trilogy, yep. because the force is pretty nebulous. Like, I don't know. They don't call it the force, but like, whatever this is, they don't ever really explain it. They're just like, you've got the thing. So go ahead. Yeah. It's more like the glow from the last dragon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, <laughs> Um, how do I pronounce this guy's name? Because I watched it in the sub, and I just I I see it on paper, and I'm like, Kyoya. <laughs> Kyoya, the main character. Yeah, is it Kyoya? Yeah, Kyoya. Oh, I man. believe. I, and then I don't know. I don't. Acne Rai, I believe, is the guy that shows up. I should. I actually, even though I watched it today, I couldn't tell you most of the characters' names, and I think that's part of the experience. Like, who cares? He's the sword main wielding. It, like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's what it's I kept less on important thinking. that you can't tell us their names because you watched it today, and more important that you can't tell us their names, even though you used to watch it all the time. As a <laughs> yeah, kid. because that wasn't important. It was not like it adds knowing who these characters are adds nothing to the experience because there's who no gives a shit about these paper thin people kill each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's going to be like, hey, uh, you need to use this power that you obviously started training on. And he's like, I'm not very good with my power. And he's just like, that doesn't matter. Your dad gave you this power. And he's just like, oh, my dad, what's my dad doing? And he's like, your dad died. And he's like, my dad died. And I was like, 10 years ago, where have you been? 10 years. <laughs> he went to get cigarettes. I just hope he's back, you know? <laughs> Like, like it cuts over and he's just like slowly walking over to the calendar where he's been Xing out the days from the time he's expecting his dad to come back. And he just slowly <laughs> takes it down off of the wall. He's got like a beautiful mind wall. Like, how far is it to the cigarette store? <laughs> how many? If he steps at this speed, he could still be here. <laughs> Anyways, um, he's gonna go. Uh, he, he's gonna go first on a bike ride and run into uh, this girl who's the daughter of the president. Um, and uh, her name is Sayaka. Um, by the way, uh, number one, she's gonna run into him on the street, and he's gonna be like, "Get out of here, girl!" And earlier, he was just like, "He saw her on TV earlier." Yeah, he was like, "That's a beautiful girl," and that's yeah. He literally saw her on TV and was going like, "Humana, humana, humana, humana." Yeah, like, Tex Avery Wolf, he's in like eighties. <laughs> Action protagonist. Yeah, that's exactly. Whoa, a girl. <laughs> but anyway, like one step above, just like an animal in the zoo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it, I, I just, I just expected him to be like, I can't help you, and then slap her on the ass, and then ride off on his bicycle again. 
what I mean. Um, instead of waiting to get any more help, though, she's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go over into this city. And that takes me to the weirdest thing in, t- in, in this whole movie to me. And there's a lot of weird stuff in this movie happening. But here's <laughs> the biggest one. There are just people still living in this place and it's just got so weird it's just got buildings that are just collapsed over on them that are like overgrown with overgrowth and also at one point earlier in the movie they were just like shinjuku it's a place where you don't really want to go and some weird stuff happens there and i was just like it's a condemned giant city it's like people still living in chernobyl and like obviously like giant crab monsters just walking through the street don't go there yeah People getting sucked into shadows because they said the wrong fucking thing. And there's people living there having, like, not normal lives by any stretch of the means, but, like, clearly living one. their lives there. Yeah. And that noodle guy, just, he's like, just, like, walks into town. He's just, like, So they could noodles. clearly just walk out. <laughs> that little... Yeah, but this oh, is... man. This is totally 80s action movie logic. This is Escape from New York, right? It's just the, the, the terror city or whatever. And there's yeah. just people hanging out, running their shops Which, and the underworld and you know yeah you could move because there's demons that'll kill you but all your stuff is there and <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, who has the time it's a schlep <laughs> yeah yeah we, we should point out too since you mentioned demon city this is called demon city shinjuku but it's also been called monster city or hell city shinjuku so you might know it as those names population 666 come on down everybody <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, but she so just kind of walks in. Titles. Yeah, and and you definitely—it's one of those things where you're just like, well, she can just kind of walk in. So could they just walk in? No, it, don't. No, don't. don't, don't you're thinking. You're you thinking cannot fight logic. Much. No, the the, <laughs> the correct wording you were looking for there to explain is you're. There's thinking. a moment in this movie later on where somebody tries to use logic to someone who has not been logical before, and I was like, well, you can't. You can't use logic against somebody who didn't use logic to get to where they are now. <laughs> and this movie is also that, just in a oh, nutshell. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's he's going to go and save this woman who is just like, trust the first guy at the first noodle stand that she runs into. Um, <laughs> she's just like, hey, I'm I'm happy to go along with you. And he's like, yeah, I'll take you right over to Rebby Rye. And uh, she's like, okay, I'll follow you. And it's not until she's followed him a long time into a dark alley inside of a demon city that she's just like this might be a bad idea and i was just like (laughs) what tipped you off (laughs) this is the world president's daughter like this she's had security briefings before also she's still his daughter even though he got attacked by a demon rose like where is everyone how did she slip away oh no Uh, ripped blank we lost him boys oh god his plane spun in. There were no survivors. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll inform Rashad that this happens at this time. Um, I'm gonna call Blake because he's. What's up? Oh, are you black? Are you back? Yeah, I was saying, <laughs> I I was saying something, and then uh, you did not respond to it, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> it was your computer, and then I. Okay. Anyways, uh, okay. So let's let's pick up from the president's daughter walking through a dark alley. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but I was saying that like this is still the president's daughter. Just because he got attacked by a demon rose, she still has had has had security briefings in the past, and she's still 
has a security detail like where are these people and why doesn't she use any of the skills hold that she on blake with? hold on she's got a laser ring that does almost nothing that's true <laughs> that's true she's like you can't stop me with this and she uses it once and then she's like no nah, i guess that didn't work i've designed a laser ring that can slightly scuff a tux right. i should probably pawn this later for our safety <laughs> Also, like, uh, okay, so, by the way, she's going to get saved. Uh, she's going to be saved by, let's just call him 80s savior character. Um, sure. And uh, he is, he's going to come in and immediately dispatch of the three evil people that are there. Um, and then uh, they're going to leave. And as they leave, one of her accosters um, is just sucked into the, like, the nether void. Um, Sweet. And he's just gone. Um, and then... They're going to go find uh, a little old woman who is supposed to tell them how to find Rebby Rye by getting a map. And so they go to her and they take a comically little amount of money and stick it into a <laughs> DVD player. <laughs> and she's just like, has it immediately afterwards. And they spend a lot of time before she puts the money in the DVD player. And I'm just like... Oh man, please, please let it just like DVDs be so cool at this point in the eighties that everybody's just like, oh, it's a DVD player. <laughs> it would only be better if it was on Laserdisc, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's probably more Laserdisc at that time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. So they, what do they get? A map to Rebby Raw. And then they're like, they okay, well, the we'll go. Sewers. Yeah, it's because yeah, they're attacked because... by the big spider monster. Right. I think he's a crab, right? Because he's got like hello spiny legs. This was one of the good scary. Well, they, they also meet this is but they also meet uh this the young roller skate boy who has the yeah. two headed dog. Yeah. Uh that's that's a critical again, critical uh-huh. names here. Uh, roller skate boy and two head dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to look up their names, but it's just not important. He's it a major character, but it is not important. Yeah, really. They're gonna matter. go down into the sewer with him. Uh, they're they're gonna be, um, uh, you know, uh, shaken down by him really quick um, by his two headed dog friend, um, and she's gonna be like, "We don't have any money," and he's just like, "He can't fool me," and she's like, "We don't have any money," and he's just like, "Okay, you don't have any money," and I was just like, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> but she does pawn the the useless laser ring and. He He's thrilled. Yeah. He never uses it. This has not Chekhov's ring. Yeah. <laughs> He's it's just like, Chekhov's, cool. Chekhov's gun in reverse, right? It gets used and then uh-huh. talked about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then we're also going to meet uh, another another uh, a random uh, random uh, moment. Uh, wait, I can't remember if this happens before or after. I, I think Mephesto is after, actually. Um, because Mephesto is the one character I remember his name because I was like, oh, it's a cool name. Like, he must be like a cool vampire monster. Um, well, Mephisto is a demon that, uh, I mean, in, in mythology, I think it's Christian mythology. Mephisto is, is one of the big demons and you see characters named or named after Mephisto in anime a lot because people, uh, a lot of anime creators are like, ah, oh, Christian mythology is interesting and we don't know it in the same way. So we'll, you know, co-opt it and use it in cool, creative ways. Mm. Uh, and so in my mind, he's probably a demon because that's what Mephisto is. But uh, I don't know. It's not clear. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's going to be a, a quick fight that happens as well on... Uh, uh, well, first the dog dies. Uh, R.I.P. dog. Um, it's it's brutal and bloody and not worth it. There's also going to be a part yeah, earlier in the movie... The cat was killed oh, earlier. Oh, man. It's just by a tentacle monster from nowhere that you did not need to see for any reason other than, I it's, guess, rule of gruesome cool. You see the silhouette, like the shadow silhouette, so it's not as bad as it could be, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but then like kill a person who cares, <laughs> but like not a cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to, they're going to fight, uh, on this, this, uh, subway car. Um, and, uh, then they're going to, he's going to have a super hard time defeating this big crab monster. Um, crab it, Yes. Crab <laughs> Um, the, the way you had too much crab, you turned into a crab man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it turns out that the way that you defeat this crab monster, first and foremost, is that you have to use all of your spirit uh, force energy. And then number two, you have to fucking throw a grenade in his stomach because like that that part, I was just like, that's just killing him more, isn't it? <laughs> they, but Look, then he I mean, also steps on the third rail. There's three yeah. things happening. <laughs> You can, you know, you can make fun all you want, but if you hit somebody, tell, tell me what you can't kill if you hit it with all your spirit energy and a grenade. And, you know what I mean? like, and the third rail a of a train. That's a lot of problems in life. Yeah, yeah. and the th- he touches the train. Like, come on. I mean, let's let's not get into working trains still in the Demon City. Like, is there like a municipality <laughs> think about managing that. this? Like, do they... Does someone the MTA is just like, like this is business as usual. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What matters is, wouldn't it be cool if a dude fought a big crab monster on a train, crab like a moving one? That would be super cool. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to. They don't even try to explain it. They don't even go, oh well. I guess there's still residual power ten years later. And like they don't even they don't try because it doesn't matter. Yeah, really we should call matter. this episode yeah. the the Ballad of Crablante. <laughs> Listen to me. I already have like six titles, and we're not even halfway through the movie. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, we're gonna have a brief aside where Mephisto is gonna come talk to them after they go and decide to rest. Um, there's there's gonna be a lot of a lot of chatting about um, what the what he needs to do and what his powers are. Um, but uh, that's not important. Let's go have Mephisto uh, kill a <laughs> a viney looking woman and then our main character uh, kill a, a a water demon. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the lady. The, so they mentioned earlier that Rebi Ra has three demon guards that never leave his side. They are also never shown next to him, so that's maybe not completely true mythology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they're we are exclusively away from his side, is what we found out. <laughs> the, and uh, at least this uh, snake-like lady seems to be independent of the other two, but there's not a third one, so I figured that she must be it. So. <laughs> Uh, the first guy is like a crab and then the, there's going to be the crazy lady that attacks our main 80s protagonist and it seems to me near the end of the fight that sh- her like true form is uh, almost designed off of a starfish so I was like okay I think there's a nautical theme going on and then this woman seems to be a snake but maybe it's like an eel and I think there's like a nautical theme. Or something. Because like she can regrow her tentacles and all That's that. That's true. It might be an octopus. She doesn't have the extra arms, but her the arms right. and legs that she does have 
or awfully tentacly. Yeah. yeah and the, and yeah, her, her, but her legs don't fuse into one. So that's less sure. snake and more octopus. You're, you're um, definitely right. The, the thing with the scene that's just really terrific is just that like Mephisto, who his powers, I think are just have a cool red coat. Like he just has a cool red coat. That's like his entire power <laughs> uh, set. And also scalpels that explode. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Explodal scalpels, but that's not anywhere near as cool. As I'm sorry. Amazing. I'm sorry. Jacket. Hold on. Explodal scalpels has to be the name of the episode. Blake. <laughs> There's so many options, Spencer. I'm writing it down, but, but there's so many options. But what's in, and, and this is what I, I guess what I'm getting at in terms of like the mate, like the work being done, elevating the material beyond anything it could possibly be otherwise. Because he's like giving them this like pep talk, right? He's like, "Oh, you got to go do the stuff," and they're like, "Okay, sure." And they just like leave, and he's standing in the stairwell, and snake snake lady or octopus lady is there, and she's he's like, "Hey." She's like, hey, I'm like, hey, do you want to fight? I guess, but in like a sensual way. And she's like, sure. And she just literally like does, but a only if it's sensual. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, sure, let's have a cool, sexy fight somewhere. And just uh-huh, let me triple, take one tit out. She does a triple backflip into a more interesting fight location. She's like, let's uh-huh. not fight in the stairwell. Let's fight in this bar slash pool hall because oh that would God. be cooler. She just goes uh-huh. in there. Even and though I probably, him. as an octopus woman, have an advantage in the stairwell that I have less of in the pool hall. Yeah. It would be cooler and sexier if we were in here because we can also use all this imagery of like. They're like pinning each other and balls are getting knocked into pockets and stuff. It's like <laughs> there are writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> unreal. That and that fight is just it, it makes none of it makes any sense. And that's it's just completely over the top with all the Put your subtext like, in all caps and scream it at the audience. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just have your characters yell at their feelings. Oh, that makes me angry. Like, <laughs> yeah. So they definitely know. have sexy fighting cuz she introduces she like shows up, she's slithering around and she's a shadow and he throws one of his explodo scalpels at her. He's like, "Nah, not today. He's mine." And I'm not going to go into that because that's not what the movie is about, but you know, maybe sequel hook, who's to say? And then she's like well i was gonna go find him and fuck him and he's like well why don't you fuck me first and then she's like let me spirals dance deck dance fight take my titty out Ooh, i'm gonna wrap you up yeah which we also get revealed that mephisto's third power after explodo scalpels and the red jacket is misogyny because he he, he kind of hits her with the double whammy of uh all of all this stuff going on and then like literally like shoving a bottle in her mouth with a pretty gratuitous scene of her like in the bottle and the, like her head exploding and just it's just completely over oh the yeah top. man has, yeah, this scene uses... this scene is if you wear black trench coats and you say <laughs> things like this is radical or this is awesome like this scene is high art but it like it adds nothing to the film it just, and it's like incredibly well animated and there's uh-huh. all these like it's it's the really exciting animation and like the the cinematography is really great and like it's it's like what is this like what is going on here other than this is really cool and yeah <laughs> yeah he also makes her explode because she, her saliva is actually sulfuric acid and he's like well what happens when you put alcohol with sulfuric acid <laughs> i'm like I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, it explodes. Yeah. I'm like, sure. Yeah. And I was just like, doubtful. I was just but... like, I was just like, <laughs> I didn't come here for a science lesson ass. <laughs> I came here for one titty out lady to explode. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's brain expanded <laughs> off of that scene. Nobody's learning anything there. Yeah. It was just, wouldn't it be cool if, yeah. and uh-huh. also a boob. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if the science is correct? <laughs> I can't. 
can't, I can't honestly can't imagine. I don't know. Anyway. I I highly doubt it explodes at that volume that you have to leave the room, like you have to leap out of the room. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he does a dodge away from the explosion action yeah. movie. Move. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think it's that explosive. Yeah. So um, we're then going to get uh, introduced to uh, Rebby Raz. Uh, insanely powerful power which is that he can just like take over people's minds um and he does this by showing them that he's made of bats um and he's just like he's just like come on do it come on that's that's mind control that's what do you do i watched uh i watched uh fox animations anastasia last night and this is weirdly reminiscent of the Rasputin trying to dream trick Anastasia into jumping off a boat scenario. Oh, it's the same thing. All you got to do yeah, is turn I into guess, bats. I guess that's reminiscent of this because it came later, but still I was like, this is the same scene. Yeah, same scene. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't recall Rasputin ever doing this amazing thing that Rebby Raw does where he's like, I don't know if he really sleeps there because all he does is deliver like ominous exposition in those scenes but he like hangs out in his base which is a giant glowing red pentagram in the concrete and he like uh-huh. hovers horizontally like a vampire like six feet over the concrete and it's just like <laughs> I'm so evil. and it's like the most again someone was like this is awesome <laughs> so cool but nobody in this production was like does it make sense no, maybe, maybe there was one person and he was like trump administration style fired where they were like i don't know him he just got coffee one time like fuck that guy Never like it was my life. not into it <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But we're gonna go uh, after this to. Uh, oh, by the way, our '80s protagonist character is just gonna be, you know, woken up. Um, she's she's gonna be freed, or he's gonna be freed um, by our lady character. Um, don't worry about her. She's the president's daughter. It, she's the president. It's a big long story. Don't worry about her. Um, she she needs to be sacrificed for some reason. Um, and I, I assume it's because... yeah. Apparently, this is what he's been waiting for, but not looking for. I know. Like, like what the hell hold are you on. Doing so. Like you have you have ten years. Ten you have you have one job and you have ten years arbitrarily given to yourself so that you can do this one thing. And in that amount of time you couldn't have joined like one thing of like Bumble or Tinder or yeah, like swipe right a few times. You will get a woman there. Oh, I'm like, sorry, it's the eighties. Go get one of those dating VHSs and like just slip it into the VHS machine. And again, if you don't know what a VHS is, um, number one, we we've done it in so many different episodes. But it's this thing we covered it in a Bebop episode. Go listen to all of the Bebop yeah. episodes and also rewatch. Yeah, Bebop. and and um, so like it's this it's this rectangular object that you put in side of another box um and that it's always Ooh. flashing 12 um and <laughs> talk analog to me yeah <laughs> and like don't worry about it but anyways he he couldn't have find a single woman in this entire time to be sacrificed hi i'm rabbi Ra. I, I used to be a normal man but i let a demon into my body and i like long walks on the beach and i live in a Misty Pentagram Palace, and I sleep uh, horizontal six feet from the ground, and I'm you just know, looking for a connection. <laughs> I hate, I hate to come to Rebby Raw's defense here, but we all have that thing that would be super easy to do if we just did it, but we avoid <laughs> doing it, and we do a thousand other things first. You're like, I'll get to that ten years later. Okay, maybe I could have done this. I in 20 feel minutes. seen. I should and I feel attacked from the beginning. But I was <laughs> he he literally set up his pentagram hover base first. <laughs> yeah. Right, got all that he's done. Just, he's 
spit that. Yeah, get the ambiance right, but he could have just a, a ten a ten minute mind warp. You could have done this. Hold on. No. What, if, just, what if like everybody the, everybody fucking fled Shinjuku when he originally did it, and he spent ten years. Just trying to get everybody to move back because he's been running these like <laughs> campaigns. He's been going out there. He's been doing like hard sales to get people to come into his city that's full of demons. It's fine though. It's got really low prices on property. Just move in. And like that one guy that was doing like soba noodles is just like, okay, I'm coming, but I don't know how <laughs> I feel about it. And I'm assuming the the kid with roller skate shoes is his his son who's never at home. Um, <laughs> And he's just like, you're going to go to Juvenile Hall if you don't get eaten by a demon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's just wild. Cause I don't know that we've said this yet in this episode, but like Rebby Raw's plan is that he wants to essentially unlock a gateway to hell so that other demons can flood the earth. Like he allowed a demon to possess him. That's how he became evil and super strong. And now he wants to open a portal to hell. And... We're not told how this is going to happen until Sayaka gets there. And he's like, ah, I've been waiting for, uh, I don't know, probably a virgin. I don't know, some <laughs> 80s movie bullshit. And he's just like, this is what I've been waiting for. And I'm like, you just were like, ah, eventually something will happen. Like, if enough monkeys with typewriters are in a room for long enough, we get Shakespeare. Like, my plan will come about. On, and I got hold time. On, Blake. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so let's think about this logically here. What series of events could he have to have been waiting on? Okay, so number one, there there needs to be something that changes the world. Okay, we need a president that's about to solve all the world's problems, and he needs to have a daughter to be sacrificed. Okay, that that's putting the two and two together. That's what something you might have to wait ten years on. Um, and then, like you know, it, it's it's it turns out that it, it's really just like he he had written up to this point, and he's just like, "Fuck, I gotta finish this book somehow." <laughs> <laughs> Why is Sayaka I think, here? I think damn, it's the eighties. I think the implication is. <laughs> is that he sent the rose monster guy to attack the world the world government president i guess hoping that that would domino effect into her wandering into demon city shinjuku by herself <laughs> i guess and i don't know why it had to be her i'm sure in bad guy logic as the like daughter of the world government president like i guess she's like a mega princess in the hierarchy mm. So she's like it's just even extra, but none of that is explained and none of it matters. Yeah. It yeah. It's doesn't. one of those villain things that up until recently was something that happened, which was like the villains are just mean because they're mean. And sometimes their motivation is it's just too delicious not to do it this Absolutely. way. And <laughs> that's what this guy, that's how he's operating. And he's got his blazer in case anybody has a problem with that. When you, when you hover sleep over a pentagram, you can do whatever you <laughs> want, whenever you want. Cause no one can mess with you not even guys with beards so. well and you would know so <laughs> exactly okay so uh there's going to be an epic showdown between our 80s protagonist and rebi ra um, well hold on. do we want to skip the graveyard scene because the graveyard scene has no. some pretty intense imagery too okay my they god i don't want to skip it okay fine go into it i i i was thinking i would just want to get to the fight but tell us about the graveyard scene all the way to the fight, fight there's another fight <laughs> Uh, where they meet a uh, little ghost girl in a graveyard and there's like it's all purple and there's all these like skeletons everywhere and she looks really creepy and she tries to hurt uh, she there's like all this like this big like fire purple fire of screaming void faces that I guess is like shooting embers everywhere but uh, uh, princess manages to help calm her heart 
and soothe her and she gets a nice tender hug and turns into a skeleton as a snowfall <laughs> of spirits uh, cascades across the graveyard and like shatters the skulls, I guess, of their former living selves. It's pretty yeah. intense. It's it's. This is also one of those sequences like I'm saying that you, you could see skip sometimes. <laughs> this, this is one of those sequences that you see sometimes where the characters like this crazy inexplicable thing that no one has ever encountered is happening. It must be this, and then. The other characters are like, yes, and here's more information about that. And then they are all right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, sometimes when people are killed in mass by a demon earthquake, like the only one that's ever happened a couple of years ago, <laughs> they turn into giant fire spirits because they're so upset about yeah. it. And this girl is one or all of them. <laughs> and <laughs> and here's how you matter. fix it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I stick by my original saying that you can skip this part. Um <laughs> Nothing Although, is nothing is critical to the plot. They're still yeah. just walking towards the final showdown. But this is yet another "Wouldn't it be super cool if" scene? Yeah, because uh, I guess we learn that the I guess I mean, what do we learn? Does anyone grow? No, I mean, well, I guess, we're going to reinforce that the uh, the princess Sayaka c- character has one character trait, which is cares about others and not herself. Yeah. Right, and I guess she she does help, even though her laser ring didn't help earlier. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. Well, she, oh, and she of course doesn't have that anymore because the guy that's with her has it, but isn't using it. Yeah. So okay. So this is this is going to lead up to the final battle um, between Eighties character and Rebi Ra. Um, Sayaka, our princess, um, is going to be sacrificed. And uh, it's it's she's going to get tied up in a way that's definitely not meant to titillate younger viewers that are male. <laughs> oh yeah, every every time something happens in this film, you can pretty much say, "Oh, that's somebody's thing." Yeah, somebody <laughs> on the staff that was their thing. They're like, "No, it's got to be hands and ankles horizontal." Uh-huh. Like, it's, you could you could just tell. Yeah. there's just nothing practical about little, it. Yeah. Um, so the there's going to be a, a a pretty sweet uh, juke out where um, we are going to see uh, we're going to think that Rebi Ra is defeated and impaled and it turns out the attack has completely failed um, and in order to actually defeat Rebi Ra he needs to go get his father's sword um, and he gains he the strength of his father. <laughs> He finds this out by being knocked like 80 stories down into a fucking pit. (laughs) And then just like landing and being, oh, okay. I guess this is my father's sword because there's no other sword it could be. And also the force. Agni Rai gives us a voiceover at this point that's like he wasn't ready, but he had to go through all this nonsense so that he could become ready. And I was like, you didn't sell anybody that. <laughs> like, could you give a bitch a heads up? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, he's going to go back and he is going to uh, end up defeating Rebi Rai. Um, and meanwhile, Mephesto is like, uh, uh, I'm going to come in real quick. Uh, I'm going to save the princess and, uh, don't worry about me. I'm going to leave again. (laughs) He also, Rebi Ra clearly knows him. This is, this lends more credence to my assumption that he's a demon Yeah, because he's like, Mephisto, what are you doing here? And Mephisto's like, why don't you go fucking mind your own business? (laughs) (laughs) Well... Um, after Rebi Ra is defeated, the uh, the portal is closed, and everybody right before they leave is just like, "Hey, Mephisto, 
I'm gonna see you again. Mephesto is just like, go to hell, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> and uh, that's the movie. Um, so, and there's some stuff Mephesto throws out about like, oh, we'll need him again in the future. Uh, maybe there will be a happens. sequel. <laughs> yeah, maybe who knows? Whatever. There is a sequel. There is. So he was right. Yeah. yeah. Surprise! Surprise. Um, so, uh, so, what what are people's uh, immediate takeaways? We we know we know that Grant has some strong feels about this movie, um, <laughs> but as someone who has watched this for the first time, Blake, what's what's your initial review? Uh, I would say I think that the comparison to Ninja Scroll, but not as good Ninja Scroll, but not as essential, is pretty apt. I was watching it and there were several times where I was like, ah, like when she goes into like Demon City, I was like, mm, this reminds me of Darker Than Black. And then I Googled stuff about Darker Than Black for a little bit. So like this was definitely a movie where I was like, this is cool. Okay, now they're walking and talking and I don't have to pay as much attention because the plot is really just perfunctory and the action scenes are really interesting and mostly good. The The one where he fights in the puddle is a cool concept that I don't think lives up to its name, yeah. but all the other action sequences are good. And I just, I think it, I think it looks great. I think it's fun to watch older anime. And I think this has the kind of like hand drawn care that goes into anime that aren't a part of the current era of anime. And I think that has value. Yeah. Uh, Obviously it has some problematic things uh, the voice acting includes some uh, racial caricatures that are almost certainly not done by people of those races. Oh, and definitely not. <laughs> they're not. They're painful. They Oof. are not like offensive stereotypes, but they are like the next door neighbor cousins of the offensive stereotypes. Mm. Like your mileage may vary on whether or not this is offensive. I thought it was cringeworthy and ill-advised, but not straight up like balls to the wall racist. <laughs> so you have to contend with the misogyny and the, uh, you know, corresponding women being treated as objects and some weird racial undertones that aren't really there, but are kind of like dubbed in for no reason. Um, if you can contend with all of those things, it's a perfectly fine time. I don't think it's essential, but I do think it's relatively fun. And uh, I more or less enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, okay. So I landed somewhere between, and I don't know if you've seen this movie, Grant, but uh, this movie is straight up terrible and it's called Spriggan. Um, and <laughs> I've yet to see Spriggan. Okay. Don't. <laughs> you should watch uh, it. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> disagree <laughs> okay so Spriggan is a terrible terrible 80s movie but it has really cool action and no plot and as someone who has recently watched Blood the Last Vampire um, I would say that having basically no plot would have made this movie more enjoyable for me and <laughs> I wished that it had less plot um, because I 
think that the thing that sold me on watching this movie is watching just the fight sequences because they are genuinely some beautiful fight sequences that happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're super well animated. Yes, they're kind of gory. Yes, some of them are just rule of cool kind of stupid moments. But like the fight sequences, as you're watching them, you're seeing really cool back and forths. You're seeing like battles in the way that you don't expect them to happen. Um, so you're going to get a lot of that. Is it something that I would just be like, this is a work of art? No. But <laughs> it is one of those things where I'm like, I can see why when you pick this up as a kid, you would like put it on and watch just your favorite cool scenes and then just be like, I don't need to watch the rest of this. <laughs> Yeah. So now that we've shat on your childhood. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, you know, this is even, I and mean, this is the thing, even though this was my first, I don't hold it in any particularly high regard. And even back then. Well, your first is rarely your best. It's true. It's like, even back then, though, I wasn't like, oh, I got to put on Demon City Shinjuku today because nothing else will satisfy me. It just had some really cool stuff in it. And especially now as we've gotten further into the future, um, I, it, the Madhouse animation here is just. It's just gorgeous. It, the whole film, just start to finish, is beautiful. And I think yeah. that it has, um, you know, all those criticisms being totally valid and 100% accurate. You know, no nostalgia goggles required. It's not really incredible. It is not essential. Uh, but it is, in some ways, maybe the uh, you know one of these quintessential bubble era film slash OVAs. You're in it for not even an hour and a half. You get some cool fight scenes. You get some quotable lines. A couple cool monster designs. Uh, some really good like backdrops and cityscapes with some cool effects going on, but you know there's also a lot of just like you know random misogyny and you know the dub has some casual just like stereotyping slash racism and yeah it's there's some explosions and who even knows who these characters are or what they're doing or why they're doing it it doesn't matter it's just whatever they thought looked cool and a lot of it does look really really cool uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes so this is. Again, something that was often watched either while doing something else or in a large group while we're talking, while we're having pizza and stuff, and not really like we weren't like riveted, like my god, what is <laughs> Kayoka's like motiv- Kayo's motivation in this scene? Like, what is he really going to achieve his father's dream? Like, no one cares. We're just like, <laughs> I want to see him go wow and have this big like energy repukin hit the guy, and he's like, ha, you didn't kill me, nerd. Oh no, you did kill me. You know, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous, and it's. It's very much uh, a, a you know a product of its time. It, it was made in 1988, <laughs> written by the guy who uh, who did Wicked City and brought to you by Yoshiaki Kawajiri and Madhouse Animation. All of the things you expect from that kind of trinity are kind of there uh, in good ways and bad. But I think uh, particularly the the care and the craft that goes into the animation here and just the genuine you know again it's not like a highly technical uh, f- style of fighting. We don't have a lot of like really good martial arts back and forth, really. You don't see any like, okay, really interesting sword exchanges or really long, drawn-out combats that you might see in something that's a little more like a martial arts-type film. So it's not interesting in that sense. It's basically just, I slash at you, you slash at me, energy blast, energy blast, somebody's probably exploded at this point. Yeah. But you get, um, there, there's something really uh, visceral and exciting about the fight scenes. The monster designs are really unnerving and weird, yeah. uh, and the, a lot of the deaths, whether it's, it doesn't matter if it's a giant 
you know, lobster man on a subway or some cat that just happened to be in the wrong part of town. It's visceral and violent. And you're like, I cannot believe they just animated that. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, all of it is really exciting and fun. I think in that sense. And you do have just enough, I think, interesting visual components. Like, Everything that's going on in the graveyard with like the the falling spirits and the skeletons and like when the one spirit hits the skull it shatters or uh, the bit with the like we talked about the puddle fight where you've got that you know the the whenever they after uh, Rebby Raw you know severs his connection with the kid the kid like wakes up and there's like seawater or something dripping from beneath his hammock onto the floor like, oh, so yeah. some cool visuals sure, some, seawater sure yeah just 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 gallons of urine <laughs> um the, but there's some cool visual elements going on there's no depth to them right we're not like this isn't like oh my god i can see the art like this is capital l literature this is kino like it's just this is cool and this is awesome and we should do this and it looks great and is a lot of fun i think for the, for most of its runtime and even its sort of egregious sins again just just like you know comparing it to something like ninja scroll it does not have the high highs of ninja scroll nor does it quite have some of the same low lows like there's definitely some <laughs> stuff that does not happen that it's very nice to not have that mm, here yeah so i think you can yeah. get a little bit i want to call it safe because there's a lot of violence and stuff in it but if you want to see if you want to get a glimpse of what was uh it's it definitely wasn't so bad or anything that like people didn't like it but it wasn't one of those like foundational texts i think that really you know shook the world like akira or vampire hunter d or, or something like that but like this was one of those also rands that was just in the rotation that we would watch as well and was very emblematic of what was coming out at the time and what was marketed to fandom at the time as like this is what all anime is and this is what you should expect from anime yeah yeah man and before we step away from this uh this movie and uh and finish up this episode can we take a moment to also have a a great appreciation of the most 80s synth heavy soundtrack of all time because <laughs> like this movie was like you think you're 80s no 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 <laughs> they do uh they do an 80s synth uh crescendo as the um the synth shendo often rumored <laughs> it's as the protagonist is like slashing at um at the uh, the character from um, Blade Runner, he, he does this crescendo, and I like I, I watched this and I texted Spencer. I was like, "Demon City Shinjuku, aka slash him to death with the power of the eighties, because <laughs> it's just like his power hasn't been defined." But here comes the synth, so I get what you're saying. I, I'm picking I, up what you're I putting think down. My favorite, uh-huh. I think my favorite synth moment though was when he shows up for the first time inside of Shinjuku to save D, uh, the princess, and uh, like you just hear like this underscore of eighties music, and I was like, I fucking know it's about to fucking go down (laughs) he's about to use like a straight up like crane kick technique or something and he's he's coming in he's coming in fucking hot um anyways um all that being said uh we super enjoyed watching the movie um and uh can can uh you tell us again where where people can find some of the stuff that you worked on if they if they're interested in checking out your stuff Sure, sure. Uh, the easiest place to get a hold of me is probably at Grant the Thief on Twitter. Um, but my my primary uh, outlets are Blade Licking Thieves, where me and a couple of my buddies we've been friends for a long, long time, getting together on the couch, yelling about movies for a long, long time. We get together on the couch and we yell about uh, movies and try to review them and break them down. Um, 
Super Senpai podcast where me and my buddy Pat uh, go through Tokusatsu works. Um, we've been reviewing Ultraman Mavius, but we just did a Shin Kinder episode with another buddy of ours. It was a lot of fun. Um, you can find me writing for ANN. Uh, I do the One Piece column reviews and currently reviewing Monster Girl Doctor, though I don't know if I want that to necessarily be what you remember me for, but I am also doing the <laughs> reviews for Monster Girl Doctor. Um, and uh, I also write for uh, Yadatachi, which is a Japanese culture website. I do some editorials and stuff over there. Much more infrequent, but some of my, I think some of my best pieces are probably on there. Um, so that that's that's fun too. But those are the main places you can find me. Uh, or you can just, I don't know, shout into the wind and see if I show up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I may answer your call. Oh, my God. <laughs> a, a perfect a perfect sign-off for this. Um, it has been fantastic to have you on, Grant. Um, so, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. So much fun. It was a blast, guys. Um, and uh, with that, uh, stick, stick with us after the credits, and we'll be talking about what's coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Viz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind podcast network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we are they going to be watching They drew episode. first blood. Surely you can't be serious about this. I play. am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Stop quoting 80s movies. Blake. No wire hangers ever. Stop quoting 80s snakes. movies, Blake. Why did it have to be snakes? See y'all next week. <laughs>